Thanks for tuning in to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. Hey, I want to personally invite you to our first inaugural Healthcare Thinkathon. It's a conference at the Outcomes Rocket and the IU Center for Health Innovation and Implementation Sciences has teamed up on. We're going to put together silo-crushing practices just like we do here on the podcast, except it's going to be live. With inspiring keynotes and panelists to set the tone, we're conducting a meeting where you could be part of drafting the blueprint for the future of healthcare. That's right. You could be a founding member of this group of talented industry and practitioner leaders. Join me and 200 other inspiring health leaders for the first inaugural Healthcare Thinkathon. It's an event that you're not going to want to miss. And since there's only 200 tickets available, you're going to want to act soon. So how do you learn more? Just go to outcomesrocket.health/conference. For more details on how to attend, that's outcomesrocket.health/conference, and you'll be able to get all the info that you need on this amazing healthcare thinkathon. That's outcomesrocket.health/conference. Welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. I really thank you for tuning in again, and I welcome you to go to outcomesrocket.health/reviews, where you could rate and review today's guest because he is an outstanding contributor in health. His name is Dr. Andrew Lay. He's the CEO and co-founder at Bui Health. At Bowie Health, they're leading the care tech movement. As opposed to the prevalent view that artificial intelligence and technology is something to be feared, they believe that technology can provide care for people. With that aim, they're creating a computerized concierge doctor to provide personalized medical information in place of late-night Google searches and scary internet forums. At its core, Bowie is a machine learning adaptive diagnostics generator with the ability to express compassion and humor. And Andrew here is going to walk us through some of the highlights, the things that they've been up to, and the advances that they're making in artificial intelligence with Bowie Health. And so without further ado, I just want to give you a warm welcome, Dr. Lee. Appreciate that, Saul. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Absolutely. So what is it that got you into the medical sector to begin with, Andrew? Sure. I mean, I've always dreamed of being a doctor. So I remember from a young age, just playing with some toy sets that my parents gave me, you know, shots and a toy stethoscope. And ever since then, I think age five, I wanted to become a neurosurgeon and was Very pretty cool. uh, on a single track mind up until the fourth year of my fourth year of medical school until things kind of changed. And Obviously, I'm still in healthcare, but not a neurosurgeon and in a very different career path. So what happened? What made you shift from neurosurgery to what you're interested in now? Sure. So I was doing my last rotation of medical school in the emergency room. Yes. And I was seeing patient after patient coming in, having Googled their symptoms before Hmm. making a decision and ultimately guessing as to what they had in order to make that decision. And that guess very often being wrong and that leading to patients who were coming in when they shouldn't have or they were actively endangering their own lives by sleeping something off when they could have come in earlier and we we could have done something less drastic and they would have had a better outcome. That's really interesting that it just kept happening. Again and again and and when you're seeing that you go into medicine thinking I'm going to be the front line. I'm going to be part of the, the first responder that you know one of the first responders that gets people to do the right thing at the right time. And seeing 
you know, being in the ER, you quickly realize that you're many, you're far from the front line. The front line is truly the internet. Wow. And unfortunately, what tipped me over the edge to take a much more risky path in life was my dad. He had a mini stroke right around the time that oh. I was experiencing this uh, in the emergency room. And he didn't go to the doctor. And when I asked him, why didn't you call me? Or I have two sisters, both in healthcare. He was like, you guys are, you guys are working. I was like, okay, why didn't you Google it? And what he said back was, you know, what am I going to find on Google? And it was at that moment where I knew I had to do something. So I took a sabbatical from school and started Bowie about five years ago. Man. And has everything turned out okay with your dad? Yeah, luckily it was a mini stroke. So his symptoms went away and, and he did a really good job. Thank you. Appreciate that. So he, he did a great job, kind of post-acute episode to take care of himself and he's doing great now. So I appreciate you asking. Yeah, absolutely, brother. A, a blessing that he's okay. But at the same time, it's like you're getting struck here with a message from patients coming in and then eventually your own dad that just led to the tipping point of you saying, you know what, I'm going to do something about this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then once I got started, we definitely not smooth sailing, very low lows, but those highs, you get addicted. And I, I remember I went back to medical school to finish a few last requirements. And I went from being very enthusiastic about what I was working on, you know, in the hospital to being like, I could, I was counting down the days until I could go back to working on buoy and scaling something that could really change the way people consume healthcare, the way people understand disease, and ultimately the way that humans basically uh, treat their own illnesses. That's super interesting, Andrew. And I love your passion for it. As you dive through some of the things that you guys have done there, what would you say is the hot topic that every medical leader needs to be thinking about today? I mean, it sounds really trite, but the thing I hear time and time again is about the consumerization of healthcare. And every time someone talks about that, the next five presentations I'll read about or hear are things that are helping the grease the wheels of the system that are servicing the system itself. So either something that's helping doctors, helping administrators, helping payers, uh, et cetera, kind of all of the different middlemen that exist in healthcare. That's still a major driving force of startups these days. But I would say that when every time I do hear the word consumerization, it's coming. Just like the travel industry was upended by the ability for patient, you know, for people, I'm sorry, not patients, people to take control of how they book travel, people are going to take control of how they consume healthcare. And it's just a matter of time. That's a good, good analogy. I think we oftentimes forget the disruption that has occurred in industries like travel or even the taxicab industry for that matter. I think that's more of a common one. But as you think about consumerism in healthcare, what are a couple things that you'd highlight for the listeners that are important? I would say that we really focus on and that we really start to understand is the care decision. So how patients make decisions about what to do when they're sick is something that has been really ignored for the most part. And let me kind of go into that. To use the yeah. analogy of going to the mechanic, the demand for healthcare is very similar to the demand for your car repairs in that as of right now, it's dependent on an expert telling you what you need. 
So just as you're going to the mechanic and the mechanic tells you you need X, Y, and Z service for your car, it's very hard for you to say otherwise because you don't have expertise in understanding what, what it means to have X, Y, or Z broken and then what it means to have it fixed. And similarly, when patients are trying to consume care, whether they go to a walk-in clinic, you know, a CVS walk-in minute clinic, a, an urgent care, an ER, a PCP, a specialist, call a nurse line, whatever, they're essentially trying to access an expert in order to understand what is the next step in order to get them healthy again. And as healthcare, with the kind of proliferation of like telemedicine, nurse call centers, you know, even building as many minute clinics and urgent cares as possible, they're trying to scale the access to those experts in order to help better control that care decision. Now, I would say that consumerization will come in the form of better, more scalable ways of helping patients make better informed care decisions. And so when we think about what we're doing, essentially you could boil it down to we're providing patients super personalized facts and information that guides them to do the perfect next thing that's going to get them healthy. And in doing so, that's going to allow nurses and doctors and care coordinators and healthcare coaches to really practice at the top of their licenses and to enable to kind of offload the burden of guidance and care decisions away from experts and do, having a more scalable AI kind of solution in place of that. Fascinating. I think that's super fascinating, Andrew. And this is sort of like bringing the power of decision-making, very specialized decision-making, health decision-making to the consumer. Can you give us an example of how you guys are doing this at Bowie Health and, and maybe a success story, something that you guys have done to improve outcomes? Sure. So how we work, we have two different offerings. We have Bowie Free um, and then we have a, an enterprise solution that we license to um, hospital systems, payers, self-insured employers, universities, governments even. And just kind of breaking down the two different use cases and, and talking first about Bowie Free. So we released a free version of our product back in March of 2017. And by the end of the year, we hit 2 million users. And this year, we're on pace for somewhere between 20 and 50 million users on wow. the site. That's exponential. Oh, yeah. No, I appreciate that. And in the short term, what these users enable us to do is to fuel our machine learning. So the more people use it, the better the product gets. Mm -hmm. It also enables us to iterate on changing behavior. So like I said, we're trying to help people make better care decisions. And what that means is if people's baseline ability to make care decisions is poor, which I would say I have, there are any number of statistics that support this. The number of ER visits that are unnecessary, I think the number right there, like that we always close at 56%. The number of urgent care visits that could have been taken care of in telemedicine, the number of primary care visits that are referred to a specialist that are demanded by a patient that are really aren't necessary, that's actually 50%. So I would say, first off, that our under, people's underlying capability to make great care decisions as of right now is low. And as we begin to optimize buoy free, what we're optimizing is presenting information in a way that gets people to make better decisions. So that's the purpose of having buoy free on buoy enterprise. What we're licensing is the ability to customize the handoff point. So if we're educating this person that urgent care is the right next thing to do, right. From a health system perspective, can I 
now match this person to the urgent cares that I have available and then let them know, you know, here's where you should go. And now we have this end-to-end experience where someone went from being sick and uncertain and scared to being informed and now to being empowered to actually take action and to then do that action. So that's you know, what we're working on right now. In terms of outcomes and what our success rate is, with our early systems that we've deployed, we have two systems that are live right now. What we've been able to show is that we are capturing patient information, we're enabling a booking at about uh, somewhere between 5% and 20% of time for patients, which you know, doesn't sound, you know, if we were to grade this on a, <laughs> a zero to a hundred, you know, like on the ABC scale, doesn't sound great. But if you consider that this is a self-served mechanism with no need for human intervention, it actually is a huge percentage of the time where we're enabled to enact some sort of behavior change, which for us is super exciting because, you know, it's those incremental changes in behavior that you know, really have huge benefits, you know, when you play it out over millions and millions of people in a way where the marginal cost of the solution is zero. Yeah, Andrew, that sounds really interesting. And, and so as you guys continue to scale the product, more people are, are learning about this. How does somebody typically find their way to Bowie? Are you guys doing marketing? Are you guys doing word of mouth? Like what's that look like? It's a combination of word of mouth and inserting ourselves into the Googling process. Okay. So we understand that 72% of Americans Google their symptoms first before they do anything else. And for us to want to change that habit, it would, it's in our opinion that it's foolhardy to just market the heck out of this yeah. and say, yeah, you know, next time don't Google, go to Bowie. <laughs> Especially because most of the time that, that marketing talk is going to hit a healthy ear, a person who's healthy. Right. Our other kind of like real core tenant is that people tend to not care about their health unless they're actively sick. So if you put those two concepts together, first, when you're sick, you're Googling first. Second, if you're healthy, you really don't care about healthcare. The concept of kind of blasting use buoy everywhere means that it's, we're not going to have a lot of success to get people to go directly to us in the early days, what we really need to do is insert ourselves into the habit itself. So we are actually are optimizing finding Bowie on Google. And that's how we're driving a huge percent of our traffic. And then over time, as people have a great experience, what we're hearing is a lot of word of mouth growth where now people are going direct. So it's a real, it's a combination of first inserting ourselves into the Googling process and then providing such a better experience that people end up coming to us directly over time. That's cool. And eventually, hey, you know, if you guys keep doing what you're doing, rather than say, hey, why don't you Google your symptoms? They're going to say, why don't you buoy your symptoms? <laughs> I mean, that, that's actually with our, with our friends and family and, and people who write to us on our support line. That's literally like what they're saying today. So I'm a doctor. I, I used to get phone calls all the time from my family members asking me for stuff. And it's only now, I only get phone calls after they buoyed it. And so they'll, they'll, they'll call me and they'll know, like they, they won't ask me a question about first thing. Hey, I checked Bowie. Bowie said this. <laughs> I love uh, it. What do you think? And it feels great because I told you my, my family and you know, my dad was sick and now I'm having, I, you know, our company's built something that is helping people I love. So it's a uh, super gratifying. No, it sure is, man. And kudos to you and your team for challenging the status quo and doing things a new way. I think it's super, super interesting what you guys are up to. Take us to a time when you had a setback or a failure 
and what you learned from that. How long is this? How long do I have? <laughs> I, I can start with, I guess, I'm most, one of our more dramatic failures. Uh, we went without cash for about nine months at the beginning from when we start, founded the company. And about two months into those nine months, I was working out of our, I was living in my apartment and uh, my co-founders were actually crashing. And we were using the Harvard Innovation Lab as an office space. <laughs> and uh, my apartment burned down in a fire. No way. Are you serious? Yeah, seriously. And then ah. my, my co-founders actually were picking through the ashes, you know, like the ruined um, apartment with me to try to salvage as much as we could. But, you know, they went back to their respective apartments in other cities. And I basically couch surfed for a solid three or four months. So I was like literally homeless, you know, trying to get this company off the ground with uh, no funding wow. uh, at the time. Nuts. So, what, I mean, what I learned from that is, let's say I go back let's say the company fails and I end up back, you know, just couch surfing. What a ride. And I was already at that point. There's only, there's nowhere to go, but up, you know, from mm -hmm. there. So a lot of times it, when I get faced with issues, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, I just think that, well, at least I have a roof over my head right now. And it just puts everything in perspective. Yeah. That's for sure. And, and, you know, the other thing too, I think what you learned, Andrews, is that commitment that you had to the cause. That's true. That's a good way to put it so. You know, because if you, if you didn't, you would have quickly found a way. Harvard, MD, <laughs> yeah, you got a lot of ways to make money. <laughs> and so you decided to stick through it. And now you guys are, are moving and shaking and things are, are looking more promising and even more promising each year that you guys go through. I, I appreciate that, Saul. Absolutely. So what would you say one of your proudest leadership moments to date that you've experienced with Bowie? I would say there's a couple of moments that really stick out. One, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but one of my aunts, she had some chest pain and they were worried that she was having a heart attack. And she, her son, my cousin basically said, oh, let me buoy it first. Buoyed it and buoy ruled that it was a costochondritis, which is inflammation, the, the joints that connect the ribs. Yeah, uh, which is really common and, and something that often gets confused with something more serious. My aunt didn't have the right risk factor profile to really warrant, uh, nor like the, the right symptomology that Bowie decided was, you know, this doesn't look like something cardiac in origin. So she decided in, instead of going to the emergency room at 2 a.m. to wait till the next morning and go to her primary care doctor who kind of confirmed what we had said and you know, my cousin relayed that back to me and at the time we didn't have you know we didn't have two million users we we're still in the family and friends phase of uh, buoy i remember being getting very emotional and just saying you know we went through all of that been at it for at that point you know three or four years and honestly i felt like i could have you know we could have failed that day and i still would have been happy because we had built something that helped a family member and at this point if we just leave the servers on and just walked away and like found a, you know, maybe a philanthropist somewhere, we would just kind of passively be helping people forever. And that to me was just so gratifying to be able to say that we've gotten to that, to a point where we're, we could help some people, right? There's always more things that we can improve on and, and get better at, but that one moment for me was really touching. That's fantastic. And I'm sure your family was grateful too to have the resource. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, so Andrew, tell us a little bit more about an exciting project or focus that you guys are working on today within Bowie. 
Right now, we are really figuring out how intent changes. So this sounds vague, but as I said, you know, we're really in the business of understanding and changing the care decision. And one of the things that we really need to understand is actually how a person's intent changes throughout the product. And so what we've rolled out relatively recently is actually asking people up front, you're here, what do you intend to do even before going through this process? And then comparing that with what they ultimately did in terms of you know, where they seek care, what type of care, what they were diagnosed with, and then really seeing the delta between their original intent and what they ended up doing. And now that we have that closed loop, as I said, we can start to iterate with you know, the 38,000 people on the site a day and figure out how can we make people make better decisions? How do we make that delta between what they intended to do originally and what they ultimately did greater? For us, that's super exciting. So kind of moving the product away beyond just something that can check symptoms to something that is really guiding people along their journey and having a real uh, measurable impact on patient behavior is uh, that next step. That's very insightful. I think it's given them what they were looking for, even though they didn't exactly tell you what they were looking for. Right, exactly. Andrew, that's so cool. And, and big kudos goes out to you and your team for continuing this journey. I also personally believe that AI is augmented intelligence, not something that's going to replace. So I'm there with you guys. I'm going to be rooting for you on the uh, front line. And so let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in medicine. It's the 101 of Dr. Lay. And so I've got a syllabus that you and I are going to construct through a lightning round, four questions, followed by a book and a podcast that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Sure. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Think about the patient outcome in the most transparent, kind of truthful way possible. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Assuming that if you built it, they'll come. <laughs> I love that one. Because <laughs> that, that assumption's made so much, isn't it? Especially in healthcare. Oh my gosh. Love it, man. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? I mean, it sounds trite, but to continue to align every piece of strategy, every piece of work to improving the patient journey. What's one area of focus that should drive everything in a health organization? The patient. <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that must be so boring. I, I'm sure these <laughs> answers. No, it's there, right. So. I mean, it's good. Other, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is, and you know, these are intended to just bring out what's at the core. So uh, listeners, you very much well know what Andrew here is focused on and why he's doing what he's doing. On this syllabus, Andrew, what book and what podcast would you recommend to the listeners? Yeah, okay. If I were designing a syllabus, I would actually read uh, Shoe Dog. It's an autobiography by Phil Knight, was the founder of Nike, and how their singular focus on in the runner, the athlete, was a main driver of their success, but then also just reading about all of the problems they faced to build such an iconic company and you kind of take for granted uh, how powerful and, and influential they are now. But at one time they were reselling ASICs, you know, so it's such a cool, great story, really moving. And, and I feel like it, 
it would apply to what we're trying to do in healthcare. That's awesome. And how about a podcast? Besides yours, um, I uh, would. Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, besides yours, this is probably a, a pretty basic answer, but I'm a huge fan of NPR's How I Built This. In every episode, you hear about kind of in the similar vein of Shoe Dog, this entrepreneur figuring out who they really are representing and then facing all of the naysayers and all the reasons why they shouldn't be doing something for somebody and then them overcoming it. I listen to it every single day when I walk to work just to kind of get the juices flowing. Awesome. Some great recommendations. Listeners, please take note of these things by going to outcomesrocket.health slash Andrew Lay. It's Andrew and then L-E. You're going to find all the show notes as well as links to the books and podcasts that he recommended in this short syllabus that we constructed for you. Andrew, this has been a ton of fun. Uh, before we conclude, I'd love if you could just share a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with you or follow you. Sure. I would just kind of close very simply by saying that we hear all the time that healthcare is broken. And I think where I came to it was either I was going to continue to be a part of the system that was broken or I was going to make some incremental change or difference. And I hope that um, the listeners choose to be part of the latter group, uh, no matter where they fit right now within healthcare. And they can reach me directly at andrew at buoyhealth.com by email or my Twitter is andrew underscore q underscore lay. And you can also find me on LinkedIn as well. And our website is www.buoyhealth.com. Outstanding, Andrew. Appreciate that. And, and listeners, take Andrew's call to action. Get on the active side of the equation and do something for healthcare like him and his founders have done. Andrew, can't tell you how much I appreciate you spending time with us today. And uh, we're really excited to follow you and your company's success. Thanks so much, Saul. I really appreciate you having me on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast. If you want the show notes, inspiration, transcripts, and everything that we talked about on this episode, just go to outcomesrocket.health. And again, don't forget to check out the amazing Healthcare Thinkathon, where you can get together to form the blueprint for the future of healthcare. You can find more information on that and how to get involved in our theme, which is implementation is innovation. Just go to outcomesrocket.health slash conference. That's outcomesrocket.health slash conference. Be one of the 200 that will participate. Looking forward to seeing you there.